to Inside Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike and I, like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about some movie news that came out. Uh, we're going to be talking about some TV news, some streaming news, and then we're going to end the podcast with maybe a, a quick review of the new Apple TV movie, The Tragedy of uh, Macbeth. But let's start with... Uh, I guess we, I mean, you know, this is our second episode in 2022 and, and we got another group of celebrity deaths that I think we should acknowledge. Uh, the e Emmy winning actor and comedian Louis Anderson has passed away and also a rocker turned actor Meatloaf has passed away. Uh, just uh, also a French actor, Gaspar Yuliel who was going to appear, or he, he is going to appear in the new Moon Knight series. He also passed away in a, after a ski accident. Uh, yeah, just unfortunate tragedies, and I just wanted to acknowledge the, their deaths. Anyone want to talk about Louis Anderson? Um, I don't have too much to say. Um, I, I mean, Louis Anderson certainly have a, certainly had a comeback these past couple of years uh, with uh, Baskets. He's been asked, he was absolutely incredible in that series. I think he also uh, won a couple Emmys for it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Well-deserved, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember always, like, seeing Louis Anderson around in, uh, like, back in the 90s and stuff. But, um, you know, it, it, it's sad that he passed away. But, I mean, he's had, he's had a long career. He's been, a long, he's been around for a long time. And I'm glad that he had to come back towards the end of his career. And uh, Meatloaf. You know, it's funny because I I recently started getting into Meatloaf last year, but um, yeah, again, he's had such a long career. I mean, it, it's it's not it's not very surprising, but um, two two great guys with uh, two great careers. Did you get into his music, Meatloaf's <laughs> Meatloaf's music? The, yes. The, you'll and so you're a big fan of uh, kind of the rock no, I, opera I, I would, I would, <laughs> genre. I wouldn't say a big fan, but but yeah. <laughs> I, I certainly remember when I was in high school when he had like that second uh, uh, comeback or the first maybe his first comeback with uh, I will do anything with uh, I will do anything for love for love and mm -hmm. uh, I remember thinking that's the probably the worst song I ever heard in my life <laughs> and then cut to like maybe three months later where it's everywhere it's in it's on MTV it's on the radio and I even even I'm singing along to it because it's such a popular <laughs> song. I really didn't know about his earlier film or earlier career in, in the seventies when he had the first album of bat from hell, bat out of, bat hell, out of hell, bat out of hell. I know. And I certainly don't, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I, I just don't know his uh, earlier music, but I do remember him in the late nineties becoming an actor. And the first thing I remember seeing him is in fight club, fight club, fight club as Bob. And I was, I was like, oh, wow, this guy is very charismatic. And then I realized that he was also in the Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'm like, oh, so he was always uh, a singer and a performer and an actor. And then you remember his great performance in Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. <laughs> as, as Jack Black's father, yes. Louis Anderson is, another, is, is a comedian that I grew up with. Uh, you know, I saw his career rise in the 80s and 90s and also saw him become like a great host in the Family Feud. So he will be missed. I think he was a really great. Do you remember host. his animated show? 
Right, yeah, but, and it was—it's so odd that his kid. I watched that as a <laughs> Well, it's a—I mean, it's a kid's show, but it's really about his father and how his relationship with his father. And you hear this in his comedy that he had like this uh, really kind of a strained uh, relationship with his alcohol alcoholic father, who was who was very uh, verbi- verbal abusive or abusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it's it's odd that he was able to take these kind of personal tragedies and turn them into like a kid show or his comedy. Uh, really sad story that he has passed away. Passed away, and I heard uh, the news uh, a couple of days ago that he was going. Uh, uh, it came out that he was uh, 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 going uh, through treatment for cancer, and then he mm-hmm. then a couple of days later he, we we hear he has passed on. Uh, the other actor, the French actor Gaspar. This is actually the most sad because he was young and his career was really getting going from what I understand uh, overseas um, from, from where he's from. He's a very uh, respected actor. And this is like Moon Knight is going to be his big debut. So this is actually really, really a really sad death because it's like taken way too young. And right. um, and I'm sure we're going to watch Moon Knight and we're going to be like, damn, this guy's really good. <laughs> and, yeah, he was 37 and we're talking about Gaspar Yuliel. And uh, he is probably best known in, in over here in the States as the young Hannibal Lecter in uh, uh, Hannibal Rising. Kind of failed uh, reboot of that franchise. But uh, yeah, so he was going to make a, a, a second, sh- uh, you know, jab at, at coming, coming to more Hollywood stuff with Moon Knight. Yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate, really. It's a, it's a, you know, sad story, but yeah. Well, I remember Louis Anderson from um, from his uh, sitcom show uh, Life with Louis, I think it was. And uh, well, that's that's his uh, cartoon. But um, he, he also did uh, Coming to America, the small part in Coming yeah, to America, and he yeah. was even the, he was oh, even yeah. in the sequel, the recent sequel. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah. But I remember from his uh, from his stand up from uh, with the famous whatever uh, the uh, Ronnie Dangerfield um, startup with the. Uh, with um the talent uh, the young talent uh comedians the young, the young lineup yeah with uh, him and jim carrey and all them so he was with you know, he's been doing stand-up forever and it's it's and as far as meatloaf goes uh i remember him uh i remember him that, that he's most famous for rocky horror picture show of course but i remember uh before he was in fight club he did a um a movie with uh, patrick swayze called black dog and i think he got a lot of praise from that i think even from uh roger ebert at the time mm. and uh he got you know a few more roles after that i mean you know uh but but yeah he, he was always yeah i know he was de- dealing with um um health issues for for a while and yeah it's just sad to see them both go yeah I mean, uh, let's let's get into movie news now. Uh, and speaking of 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 you know celebrities and and in the in the uh, how would you describe this person? Great musical celebrities, <laughs> yeah, comedic, comedic, comedic musical, comedic, yeah. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic is getting the bio uh, biopic treatment. A biopic for okay. for uh, Roku, which is a, a a streaming device, but they have a platform, and they're it's going to be their first original film, and it's going to star uh, Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, this is are you excited? Bizarre. <laughs> I am. I am excited, but this is so bizarre. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent going to watch this because I'm. A, I like biopics. I've liked biopics ever since I was a kid. 
And while, you know, there's, they're definitely very generic and like, you know, as I got older, you know, it's, it's very tough to find a good biopic. Mm-hmm. Seeing one of Weird Al, it's like instantly, <laughs> you know, instantly just, that's a must-see movie. You know, one of the, one of the most must-see movies of the, of the year. Will it be good though? Going to Roku, I I really don't know. Have they announced who's going to like direct or write this at all? Like, is well, it going to be a comedy? Weird Al himself is it co-wrote the screenplay with the director Eric. Oh, Apple, interesting. Director Eric Apple, who is a TV uh, director who has done episodes of Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine Nine. He also did Die Hard, which is the the Kevin Hart. Uh, uh, Quibby, Quibby show that was uh, with John Travolta. Mm, yeah, yeah. John Travolta was training him to be an action star. It was kind of like a reality spoof. And that's also, that's actually is now available on Roku. And, uh, but Eric Apple also directed episodes of Son of Zorn, which uh, we all love that series, that kind of uh, mm-hmm. He Man type of series. So maybe that's a, p- a possibility that this might actually be very funny because I, I think, uh, the, the episodes that he, or at least the TV series he has directed has been really good comedy. Uh, but Roku is the kind of question mark uh, because I don't think this is going to be a big budget. This might be a very low budget kind of movie. And when you're dealing with 80s and 90s and, you know, different decades, you know, that it won't mm-hmm. probably look as as good as, as as it could but it's convincing yeah yeah it just depends it depends on how what kind of style they go with but what's your thoughts on daniel radcliffe as as weird al yankovic is that's a is that a good a pick or could no. He- <laughs> <laughs> no no that's that's the weirder that's the weirder answer to this thing i mean this uh sure he's done uh crazy crazy like characters in the Swiss Army Men and uh, Guns of Kimbo. Yeah, I mean, he's a good actor, but it's uh, a wrong choice. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, Weird Al is a character. Is I mean, to himself and uh, and also the height difference, man. Like this is like <laughs> like this is ridiculous. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is a very small man. <laughs> the only thing that he's got going for is that he could probably um, speak. Quickly, I mean, when we're out, I mean, when he, when he's doing the lyrics, you really got to go fast, and uh, I think Daniel Radcliffe could do, pull that off. As do you think as that's what got him the role? Mimicking Weird Al, so it's. Do you think that's what got him the role? Part. He can do like a very good like Weird Al impression. I don't know. It's possible doing that, I but know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think da- Daniel Radcliffe has done a couple of comedy series. I've, I've, I forgot the recent one he did, but I mean, he is kind but, of known. But, as... Go ahead. You mentioned a second ago that this is going to be um, by by uh, the Silicon Valley guy or one of the Silicon Valley well, guys the, or one the, of the directors of one Silicon of the directors, Valley. Yeah. When you put when you put Silicon Valley in my head, I'm like, why not just cast like Thomas Middleditch? I mean, he kind of has well, a little bit of a weird owl thing, right? That's a good pick. That was that's a good pick, but I think uh, I think he's uh, he's going through some kind of uh, uh, PR crisis right now. Oh, is he? I don't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe is Daniel Radcliffe is, is not that's a great it. choice, but I, I heard worse. I mean, Pete Davidson is the Ramones is even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daniel Radcliffe might might actually give a good performance. It's just I don't know if we're ever going to buy him as the as as Weird Al. At least I don't know. It's if a I'll Roku channel. It's a Roku channel with him. It, it's it's going to be. It, it might it might even be bigger and funnier or die. 
Right. The Funnier Dies are producing this, so this might be kind of a really kind of spoofy biopic. And so uh, I would actually love to see like maybe a drama based on Weird Al's uh, life, but um, I don't think this is going to be that. Uh, Let's get to our next uh, news item is that uh, a Christmas story sequels in the works. Uh, It seems like Peter Billingsley, who plays the the original boy, uh, uh, what's his name? Ralphie? Was it Ralphie? In in the the kind of the holiday classic now, uh, A Christmas Story, he is going to be producing and starring in a sequel for HBO Max. And he's going to be, uh, it's going to be based on, I guess, him. He's coming back as as Ralphie. And it's going to be based on his kids, I guess. And uh, yeah, so what's your thoughts on this? Well, is there a sequel book on the original? Like, was there a sequel to to the story it was based on? Oh yes, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it was based on a, it was based on a book. It was uh, directed and written by Bob Clark, the original. It was based on a book at the time. I don't know if it was a se- there was a sequel to the book. Um, but I don't, if it is, I don't think they're gonna. It doesn't seem like they're. I don't think there's any. Gonna follow it. Yeah, yeah I don't, it doesn't seem like this is a any adaptation of anything it just seems like a kind of a totally original story or continuing this this boy's life or this now a man uh but i mean the original film was like based it was set in the 40s or 30s so this would mean this would take place in the 50s or something i mean still going to be no. was the original in the in the 30s i thought it was like in the in the 50s or 60s i think it was pre-war 50s right what I think it was All pre-war. Right. I think it was pre-war war two. I'm not sure. It was the forties. It was the forties. It was the forties. So this has to be taking mm-hmm. place in late fifties, maybe early sixties. No, seventies, eighties. I mean, how, how early seventies? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what's your thought, Rich? What's your thoughts on a uh, Christmas story? You love the classic, uh, the first of original. Course. Yeah. Uh, I think Peter Billingsley uh, um, has been pitching this for for the longest time, ever since probably Four Christmases, because he's been he's been a successful producer for um, a while. I mean, he, and then uh, of course he got after doing getting attached with John Favreau, he's he, um, and and Vince Vaughn, he, he and Vince Vaughn. I mean, so he's tagged along with those guys, but um, yeah. So this comes to no surprise that HBO Max. Needs content, and uh, I mean, so uh, it, it's they had a uh, they had a hit with Eight uh, Bit Christmas, I believe. So this is just I mean, which was a which was basically a ripoff of uh, a Christmas mm-hmm. story. So yeah, they said might why might as well just stick with the original and keep it going. I mean, it's it's just it's just the uh, well, it seems uh, yeah, it, it, it can't be as bad as Eight Bit Christmas. Yeah, well, it seems like uh, these Christmas original movies are the a really big thing. Netflix has a, a slew of original Christmas movies that come out during November, December. Uh, Disney Plus started with their own version with uh, Home Alone or Home Sweet Home, whatever that that uh, Home Alone sequel is. That was supposed to be a really uh, a Christmas uh, comedy for them. So it, there is a market for it. So it makes sense that uh, the, a Christmas story would get a sequel. Um, but I'm not really interested in this. I mean, the guy uh, directing it is Clay Katis, who d- directed uh, the Christmas Chronicles, which is the movie that I didn't really care for. It, it had a good. But you loved it. <laughs> it had an interesting performance by 
by uh, Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Uh, but it, it wasn't that great of a movie. It's, it's certainly better than the second film, which was directed by Chris Columbus. And that movie was terrible. Uh, he also directed The Angry Birds. He's an, he's mostly known as an animator. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, this is what this was shocking because this is going to be written by Nick Shank, and he's a screenwriter who's known for working with Clint Eastwood. He uh, he wrote uh, the the Mule, Cry Macho, and and he also uh, helped uh, co-write Gran Torino. So I that's an interesting that they picked or this guy got involved, and he must have he must be a fan Whoa. of the original, and he must have some kind well, of idea for the book. sequel. Yeah, go ahead. Would you rather oh. have Would you rather have this screenwriter or the screenwriter of Eight Bit Christmas? Oh, definitely Nick Shank. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, that, that that then that's a good thing because I think they're going to probably aim for a tone that's more closer to the original film. Like I, I in my in my defense of Eight Bit Christmas, a movie I didn't even really care for. I, I wrote that uh, I know, and I didn't write, but in our review, I mentioned that you know. I believe a Christmas story for today's standard for today's kids really plays more as like a family movie for like, that's not necessarily for children. It's a family movie, but it's not a children's movie. And eight bit Christmas is a Christmas story, but for the small children of today. And I don't think the people that grew up with uh, a Christmas story want something like eight bit Christmas. So this is hopefully going to be the movie that those people want. Well, Nick Shank is just the Warner Brothers go-to uh, screenwriter anyway, so I wouldn't be surprised if another screenwriter gets attached. I mean, he's just it's just the treatment that he, he, he starts off with. And, um, yeah, so I wouldn't even be surprised if Peter Billingsley puts some um, story writing in it. But, um, Probably. Yeah, uh, so. Well, he, yeah, is, he it's, is also. It's not going to be totally Nick Shank. He, uh, Peter Billingsley is also producing it, so maybe he, of course, he, he, maybe he's the one who came up with the idea. So who knows? Yeah, uh, let's get to our next item, which is uh, Bon Joon Bon Joon Ho is uh, working on his next film for Warner Brothers. It is a science fiction thriller that uh, might star Robert Pattinson. Uh, Robert Pattinson is also uh, we, we know as the next Batman, and he, it seems like Pattinson is going to uh, is have a, has a good deal with Warner Brothers, and uh, this is going to be kind of a high concept uh, sci-fi thriller where Pattinson uh, will be playing a expendable disposable employee who's on a human expedition sent to colonize the, a ice planet, and uh, it, it seems like he is going to be a clone. And uh, it seems like he's self-aware and he refuses to let his replacement clone dub Mickey eight to take his place. The movie itself is called Mickey seven. This is described as the Martian meets multiplicity. Uh, What's your thoughts? Even though his last movie was parasite, which was amazing. This seems like it'll be a good kind of follow-up to uh, Snowpiercer, a movie I enjoyed a lot, so I'm I'm down for it. it sounds interesting enough, and uh, I, I love Bong Joon Ho. I love Robert Pattinson, so I'll check it out. Um, hope it's good. I hope it's good too. I should also mention that this is going to be based on a book that's coming out called Mickey Seven, which is written by Edward uh, Ashton. Was Snowpiercer based on something? It was based on a French comic book. Comic book. Ooh. Uh, Rich, what, what's your thoughts on this next film from Bong Joon Ho? Yeah, I agree with Raymond. It's gonna, be, it's got more of a Snowpiercer feel than a Parasite, and um, it's gonna be just an, uh, a 
fun movie for Bong Joon-ho because, uh, you know, you, when you're coming off a movie like Parasite, <laughs> uh, it's very hard to, uh, to you know, to, to match to something like that right away. Yeah. yeah. But this one seems uh, simple enough. I mean, um, this story. Man, uh, Snowpiercer was like one of the best movies of that year. So this could end up also being something really, really great. Yeah, and knowing Bong Joon Ho, it's gonna be like it's it's gonna be like a more of a thrilling thing, like uh, like the host and uh, uh, his more um, uh, Snowpiercer and the host, and the, even a little bit of Oaksha. Um, but it's gonna be more robotics in it or something. Uh, well, hopefully, um, cloning. Yeah, it's gonna be cloning and sci-fi stuff, space stuff, probably. Uh, what's your thoughts? Do a better job than uh, Boba Fett, right? <laughs> yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on yeah, um, Robert Pattinson? Uh, you know, pa Pattinson is someone who has been just I, I increasingly gotten better. He is becoming a, a, just a really great leading man. What's your thoughts of him working with Bon Jun Ho for this one? Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's, this is going to be a huge project for him as well because he's coming off of Batman. Mm -hmm. And uh, is, is this a Warner Brothers pictures? Do you know? Yeah, this is Warner Brothers. Okay, so yeah, this is a, this is going to be his second film for for Warner Brothers, or maybe third with the Tenant. Um, like I said, with, with Bong Jun Ho, I mean. I love the sixth day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So if it's, if it's as good as that, I'll be, I'll be satisfied. And I think Robert Pattinson uh, being attached to this project is just incredibly exciting. Cause I think Chris Evans gave one of his best performances in, mm. in Snowpiercer. Mm -hmm. And I think Robert Pattinson is like such a better at Chris Evans. So to think mm -hmm. of what he might do in this film is like really, um, really exciting. Cause uh, uh, just the potential of what, of what these guys have, is just, um, it's going to be something to behold. Well, it's 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 an interesting idea. I mean, if he's going to be playing a clone, I'm I'm assuming he's going to be playing at least two characters or maybe even more. So he's going to be playing against himself, maybe even more right. clones. Maybe. I think that's a, a challenge that he's willing to take. I, I what I what I really love about Bon Jun Ho is that he's able to kind of incorporate some of these really uh, conscious these cla class conscious mm -hmm. issues into kind of these genre pictures. In this case, it's a sci-fi film. Where of kind of thought-provoking kind of concepts and I, that's really cool and i you know because you know parasite it was a, a fantastic movie it was one of my favorite movies of that year it was what i think what one of the best uh, movies of the decade yeah i think i put it on oh, the definitely. best yeah i put down my list too it's just you know he's just one of the rare uh directors who's who understands kind of how to really kind of do the do the you know to incorporate these issues in kind of a genre piece i'm really excited about this uh this project uh, let's get to, uh, well, speaking of the Batman, I mean, uh, Matt Reeves is, is, they have come out with some news that it's going to be almost three hours long. It's going to be two hours and 55 minutes. This will be the longest Batman movie in history, or at least in, yeah, right? Has to be, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be the longest. It's going to be, I think, uh, like the, the second longest comic book movie of all time after um, Avengers Endgame. If I'm not mistaken, v Avengers Endgame and well, and obviously Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, which was oh, yeah. four hours yes. or so or plus, I think. Uh, what's your thoughts? Well, it should on, have been five hours. <laughs> what's your thoughts on on, on on Matt Reeves's the Batman as uh, having a three hour runtime? What's your thoughts on that? I, I love it, but at the same time, I also hate it because, like, oh man, I I'm the type of person like every time I go to the movie theaters. Like if I go see a three hour movie, like during the last hour of the movie, I'm just in an in, 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 in infuriating pain 
because I always buy a large <laughs> soda and finish it halfway through. And then like that, that's just when I just pl played like the, the, the countdown, you know, the <laughs> countdown to when I could run to the bathroom, like as soon as those credits pop up and then run <laughs> back to the theater to cast the, to catch the post credit. <laughs> <laughs> how long was well, how long was Eternals? Way too long. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long one, too, right? So, no, but Eternals felt like it was like uh, Eternals felt like it was six hours, man. That thing <laughs> took forever. Like especially the whole second half of that movie, like it, man, that thing dragged. But yeah, according were, were to according to IMDb, it was two hours and thirty six minutes. Well, it felt double that. Mm -hmm. So did you have a because you watched that movie in theaters? Did you have to take a, a pee break for that one? No, I actually didn't even buy a drink. I drink <laughs> for that movie. I just I was just wanted to leave. <laughs> Well, that was deep, deep, deep in COVID, right? So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on on a three hour long Batman movie? I'm kind of surprised that uh, if they're not going to go the uh, origin route again, I mean, I mean, you would think that they're going to uh, that would be like a, there'll be some kind of hour long origin story involved with it, but they they seem to to have not. Um, to, to stay away from that uh, as an origin, they probably just have some kind of flashbacks. Um, mm. But it seems going to be an origin of the Catwoman story for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's going to take a while. And they got Colin Farrell's uh, Oswald Cobblepot, which will he has to be supposedly a small role though. But it has to be something dynamic for him to do a spinoff for it. I mean, mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. it's going to be the Riddler. And um, most likely, uh, uh, Pennyworth, uh, Al. I mean, Al, uh, Alfred. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's uh, he's going to have some kind of uh, so your storyline where you don't. I think there's going to be a lot of like Riddler backstory because I mean the trailers yeah. they tease that they have some sort of background together. So, so you're saying uh, that history together. So you're saying there's multiple storylines. That's the reason why it's such a this three hour runtime. It's uh, I think it's gonna, I think it's also I think it's also just going to be a very massive story I, that it's probably not even going to be complete. I think there there's a chance it might end on the cliffhanger. Mm. I think the Riddler's going to do something that that um, going to set up some kind of a revenge story, maybe uh, yeah. and during the halfway mark, and then um, uh, so it's going to have to something that pisses off uh, Robert Pattinson's character so right so, so it's gonna be it's gonna be death it's gonna be some kind of death it's gonna be some kind of conspiracy or whatever some, something that he has to like clear his name or something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah so it's, i'm, I'm it's sure some, i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of twists and turns in this movie let me say this i think mm -hmm. with uh, <laughs> after watching watching uh zach Snyder's justice league and realizing that uh, sometimes you need a movie to be long, you know, and the, the fact that they tried to cut that movie into a two hour, uh, uh, you know, film and it became this kind of disaster and, uh, and watching the complete vision of it at, at four hours, it just, you just realize that sometimes movies, especially when you're dealing with a lot of story, uh, the storylines, Sometimes they need to be extra long. And I I think this might be a positive that this is going to be three hours because it seems like the they, uh, Warner Brothers have a little faith in, in giving this to this little, you know, this kind of leeway to Matt Reeves because they believe that he's telling a epic story. 
And I, that's what I, I hope. Well, in related news, uh, Leslie Leslie Grace, who who's the star of Into the Heights, you know, she was recently cast as Batwoman or Batgirl rather, and she gave fans the a first look of her costume recently in uh, Instagram, I believe, and uh, we got the first photo of Batgirl in costume. Uh, what what is your thoughts on Batgirl? I should say this is for an HBO Max original film, but what's your thoughts As of on- now? I think there's a big chance this is going to get a theatrical release with, I mean, Michael Keaton's going to be in the film there. We got all these rumors and like that Robin's going to be making his uh, debut in the film. I mean, this, this is getting, this movie's getting bigger and bigger as it goes on. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I think that's true. I think it might get a theatrical release date, but we'll see. What, uh, what's your thoughts on, on this first image of Batgirl? It's cool. Uh, I, it has a big sixties vibe. Yeah, it has the coloring of it. It's that's that's cool. That that pays homage in the um, faint red hair, which is good. Um, she look, she looks a lot to me like uh, a young Rosario Dawson too, and it's just cool. Um, but I I think the outfit is what I'm hoping for is uh, the motorcycle outfit because it seems like it's the padding is it more like a motor motorcycle jacket. Yeah. Um, so, well, there was a I'm behind the there's... scenes photo. There's a behind the scenes photo that came out just the other day, and she's actually has a different bat suit. Uh, she has like a, a yeah. kind of a more black suit that has like a red uh, emblem on it, and she had a black cape. So I think she's going to have multiple costumes throughout the movie. So you might be right about that. It yeah. de- definitely has so, a biker like... feel, like a biker uh, leather jacket feel to it. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh... It's bad girl on, you know, Mission Impossible bikes, which is great. <laughs> I mean, that would be a good thing. My first reaction was like, this look, this looks terrible. Uh, I, but then oh, I, really? I, I, yeah, I think it, I don't think I, I the costume itself was, it's okay. It just, look, it just didn't look good on her. Uh, she's a petite person. Mm. It looks like uh, too baggy in some scenes. I mean, look, look, uh, uh, or some, some parts, uh, you know, like, what's her name uh who did batwoman uh ruby rose ruby rose she's also a petite uh, woman and that was a good costume and that was a good costume so i think that i was expecting yeah. maybe because i was expecting something like that this came as a shock well but i think, I think Batwoman just has a better costume right <laughs> but i think rich is right i think this is a costume that she wears while she's driving or she's driving her her motorcycle and i think maybe both you're both right that maybe she has multiple costumes uh yeah but i mean this might be her final costume in the movie or oh something. maybe Maybe that's that could be true. I, I I don't want to judge a movie just from one image or you know a couple behind the scenes image. So I won't I won't say anything other than that. I just thought it was not a great start, but I'm looking forward to the movie anyways because I I'm a fan of uh, of Brendan Fraser and he's going to be the main villain. J.K. Simmons is coming back and like you guys said, Michael Keaton is coming back as uh, an older Batman, and so that possibly Robin. Yes, yeah, someone someone might be playing Robin. Uh, so who knows? And uh, you're a bigger, and you're and you're the biggest fan of Bad Boys for Life. The directors, yes, the directors, uh, the directors who who's directing this are the ones who directed the Bad Boys for Life, Adil El Albi and Balaf Fala. I believe that's how you say it. I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm probably butchered that That's but close enough. but uh yeah i really enjoyed these guys if you hear their interviews they're really big fanboys of action films so i think they're going to bring some excitement to this movie let's get to uh 
Meg 2 is in the productions in the UK. Uh, Raymond, you wanted to talk about this. Why? Why? Why Meg 2? <laughs> Uh, because uh, the, the Meg is one of the great films of the past decade. I mean, the great uh, sea adventures of Jason Statham. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the Meg, I remember like first hearing about the Meg back when it was like originally going into production. I was like, this sounds like it could be a really cool movie. And then they announced Jason Statham. And I was like, this is not the movie I wanted. <laughs> like just knowing that just knowing Jason Statham is going to be starring as like, uh, as the scientist or whatever. I'm like, no, this is not, this is not the movie uh, I pictured in my head. And then we eventually got the movie and I'm like, yeah, it's not good, but I've seen worse also. But the, 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 what gets me kind of interested about this is that it's going to be directed by Ben Wheatley, who's a very unexpected choice for director for a movie that was, you know, a follow-up to a Jason Statham movie that was directed by the director of uh, National Treasure. If, if, if Ben Wheatley feels like an odd choice, and admittedly, I am not really a big Ben Wheatley fan, but he makes interesting movies. He's always doing interesting things, and to get and to get him involved maybe this is just a big paycheck for him but i don't know i have the i have a feeling that he maybe has a pitch that he that he wants to do something good with it and um i'm hopeful it'll be an improvement on the last one <laughs> yeah I, I hope so too uh rich you want to add you something watched it? did you ever watch it the, never saw the, uh, the never saw the first meg rich you saw the first no. Meg. are you no. interested no. In, in a sequel Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get to our next item. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Win Winstead has joined the cast of Os 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 Osaka. 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 <laughs> okay. The Disney uh, Plus. New the it's a new series, new Star Wars series for Disney Plus, which already stars uh, Rosario Dawson. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, is, is well, it's not known what character she's playing but uh, she joins a cast that will include Hayden Christensen who is back as uh, Anakin Skywalker and um, a couple other people they announced but I can't remember but what's your thoughts on, on uh, Winstead joining the cast of Asaka Soko or Sokka, or whatever. Asoka, after, <laughs> okay, after watching the first four episodes of Boba Fett, honestly, I could not care less about this announcement. I was so excited for the Ahsoka series. I thought it had so much potential. I'm, I'm not a fan of the character. I've only seen the first season of Clone Wars, and I thought it was awful. I thought her character was the worst thing in it. But I loved her so much in Mandalorian Season 2. I love Rosario Dawson. I thought of all the Disney Plus shows they had announced... In, including Marvel and Star Wars, I was like, yeah, this is the one for me. This is the one that has the most potential. This, they're finally going to, you know, do this character justice. At least, at least for me, do this character justice. And after Book of Boba Fett, I, I just, I don't care anymore. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau really care about this. I think uh, I'm starting to look back at Mandalorian season two and starting to like even see flaws in it. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm off the Star Wars Disney train. But I mean, I, I I loved I loved her in that in that movie, the Netflix movie, Kate. I thought she was the best thing about that action right. film, and I think she's and you know she's a I think she's a really great actress, uh, and I mm -hmm. think this is actually a plus for this series. Uh, Ro Rosaria Dawson is a good actress as well, and and I liked her uh, her appearance in the se season two of Mandalorian. So I think this is good. This and, is and this is good. Uh, this is and good. They were both on Tarantino's Death Proof. That's right. Yes, yes. So they have they, they have proven a chemistry already. So, yeah, I think this is a good deal. 
but what's your thoughts, Richard? You're the you're the big Star Wars guy. Are you off the train <laughs> yeah, like right. like like or like Raymond? I don't even know who who's um the uh you know um I think the, it's Dave Filoni, right? Because this is his baby, right? This is his character. I'm not yeah, sure. I didn't it's like all Bad going, Batch. <laughs> it's all going to hell. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll say this: I, a Bad Batch is better than fucking Book of Boba. <laughs> <laughs> Boca Boba uh, is so bad. Well, we'll find out. I mean, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed. All right. So, in good news, because this we this is a series that we liked a lot. It's on Amazon Prime. It's upload, and they're getting a season two. And this was a question mark for me because I did not know what happened to this series. It kind of was left. Yeah, I thought uh, this was already announced. Uh, was it already announced? But I, I'm just saying that. It, no, I, I, think, I thought it was. I thought it was. Well, season two is officially getting a premiere date, and it's coming out. I don't uh, March eleventh, Friday, March eleventh, and uh, I'll just you know quickly. I just want to say if you haven't seen Upload, it's a really great series. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, yes. Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime Video, and uh, it's a great comedy with uh, some great kind of science fiction elements to it. Uh, so watch it, please. Um, now let's get to. Uh, our review of the new Moon Knight trailer, which just was released a couple of days ago. Uh, let me play a clip, and we'll we'll get to our reaction. Yeah. Oh my God, you're alive! What's wrong with you, Mark? Why did you call me Mark? It must be very difficult. The voice is in your head. Shut up! There's chaos in you. Embrace the chaos. All right, what's your thoughts on Moon Knight? This is the new MCU series that stars Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke as the bad guy. Uh, what's your thoughts? It looks kind of complex. It's kind of look the the the, the trailer looked kind of complex to me. I mean, it needed more Moon Knight, <laughs> and uh, um, but it's interesting. I mean, it, it seems like this this series needs one of those five minute trailers to to like really uh to like really show what the show is going to be about. <laughs> um. So, but uh, the trailer was okay to me. Um. I I just need more. Uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting idea that to have Oscar Isaac talking in a British accent. That I like that idea. I think that's the reason why uh, he probably uh, wanted to play this character because he was able to because the characters have multiple person not multiple personalities but something else like that. Yeah. It's, well, multiple like so he's like kind of uh, I'm 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 assuming that he's going to go eventually talk in, with his American accent. And maybe even different accents. Who knows? And I, uh, that's all. That was the fun of it. I think I, I like that aspect. But then you know, it then once they say you know, once they got to Marvel's Moon Knight, I go, oh yeah, that's right. This is the Marvel series, and I know they're gonna ha somehow screw it up. But so far, it's a good, a good. Uh, <laughs> so so far, it's a good, you know, a good trailer. I liked Ethan Hawke. Uh, uh, he's playing some kind of David Koresh cult leader. 
And I, you know, I always, I always liked that guy. He's a great actor, and the fact that he's now got a chance to play in a kind of uh, in the Marvel sandbox, I think that's a good thing because he's been dying to. Was he a one time? Uh, uh, was he up for Doctor Strange? Right. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, that maybe fan casting. No, Ethan no, Hawke. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Hawke. Was he not? Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I just heard that somewhere. I don't know. But I, maybe because that because that the director of um of uh of Doctor right. Strange he did that movie right Ethan Hawke right. But right. he's uh, he's always been like kind of a fanboy of Marvel movie or comic books and Star Wars. So to to see him get a chance to kind of uh you know be a part of this, it, it really is exciting to see that. Uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, I guess to give a slightly more positive take, um, I, I thought the trailer was pretty interesting. I because I, we first got our first tiny glimpse of this series, like, and I think in a little montage a while back, we got a, a bunch of little v- clips and stuff of a bunch of upcoming uh, Disney Plus shows. And I wasn't really impressed with the couple seconds we saw of Moon Knight from there. It looked a little over the top and campy. I wasn't really into like Oscar Isaac's kind of like British accent, but mm-hmm. uh, seeing the full trailer. Uh, it worked a lot more for me. I'm, I am enjoying what Oscar Isaac's doing in this trailer. In fact, I will go as far as to say I think it looks so over the top and so ridiculous that I actually got a little bit of a malignant vibe from this trailer. <laughs> James Wan's malignant. Yeah, and to me, the, to me, this look because I know they're trying to do like this is going to be the edgy MCU show. We're going to be like you know the Netflix Marvel shows, and we know it's not going to be that. No. But I think this could end up being like Marvel doing like their version of James Wan, which could be cool. I mean, Richard to Richard J- uh, Malignant was basically a superhero movie for some reason. So I think this right. might end up being something that Richard really ends up loving. But we'll see. Yeah, I hope that 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 creature look, that that he's being up on in the bathroom, or it looks like um, <laughs> I don't know. It definitely looks like creature legs. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it's a werewolf, like Werewolf by Night or something like that. Mm, so, um, yeah. Oh yeah, and they're, uh, supposedly they're doing that uh, next Halloween, right? For the yeah, Halloween special, something. So, yeah, hopefully Ethan Hawke even, even, even turns out to be a werewolf. <laughs> you know, do you, you think the, you, Do you think Blade will be a part of this kind of universe, this Moon Knight universe? Uh, yeah, that's possible. That's another possibility too. Yeah, I mean, it, it was sense. definitely linked in the comic books. The freaks come out at night. Yeah, uh, like uh, like you guys are saying, uh, I, I do like the trailer. It was a good. It's a really good trailer. It is, but I because it's I have lost faith in uh, uh, the Marvel TV series. Like I, I really don't like them. Uh, well, they got increasingly worse as as we got each series. Well, exception with Falcon and when well, Falcon Haw- Hawkeye was Hawkeye was better than Loki. I thought, and and what if? Sure, sure. It's it's fine. I mean, I just kind of I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan anymore. I I I'll, I mean, look, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out and see. You know, but I could see myself like tuning out after a couple of episodes. Um, yeah, I think you just have a bad taste right now because we're watching Book of Boba. Fett. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely yeah. tuning that out. <laughs> All right, let's end this podcast real quick. Review of the tragedy of Macbeth. This is the Joe Cohen. Shakespeare film that stars Denzel Washington, Francis McDermott, and a host of, of theater actors, British, celebrities, mostly uh, uh, British theater actors and, and a couple of American actors. It's a good cast. 
really strong cast. It's been uh, listed in a couple of critics' top uh, uh, films of 2021. Uh, I, I suppose to, uh, I should say that uh, Richard didn't finish watching it. And Raymond didn't finish watching this movie. I'm the well, one to defend myself. To defend myself, it's only because I had to see this year. Come on, come on, Belfast and the Green Knight. And halfway through this movie, while I did think it had more merit than those three movies, I was just like, you know what? I already know I'm not going to like this movie, and I've I've already seen too many movies like this this year that that are almost like making me just like want to give up on film altogether. So I'm just going to stop this movie. It's not making my list. You finish it, Mike. Enjoy it for yourself. Well, yeah, I, I, would I was say- I was kind of in the same way, but plus it was Shakespeare. Um, once I see one Shakespeare, I see all. I would say this, this is a quick, an hour and 45 minutes. I want to say quick 45 minutes. I mean, I had to pause myself and uh, uh, watch it the next day, finish it the next day. Um, but I, I, I look, the, I think the best thing about this uh, film is the visuals. It's the cinematographer, uh, Bruno, Bruno Del Bonnell, who is a French cinematographer who has worked with uh, the Conan brothers before with Inside Lewin Davis and uh, another one, I can't remember, but, um, and, and so he's back with uh, this, with working with just Joel Cohen. Ethan has taken a, ba- a break. He's, uh, I guess he kind of quit the business or he's taking, oh, he's taking a break. I mean, he's, I think uh, he, he has said that he does not want to work on film anymore, or at least for the time being. So Joe has taken a, 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 a so this is kind of the rare solo effort from him, but his 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 partner, his his wife, uh, uh, Frances McDormand, is the producer. So they're both producing this movie, and of course, she's playing Macbeth's wife in it. She, I would say that she she's playing Lady Macbeth. I would say that she is probably the most disappointment because uh, I thought she was going to be a really good uh, Lady Macbeth, but her performance, I I don't know, but. Her, it wasn't that memorable, I guess I would say. Denzel Washington, he had really some really great moments, but again, this is a kind of a low key performance from everyone. I would say not just Denzel, but everyone had like a low key performance. It's a kind of like more naturalistic uh, approach to Shakespeare, where I think Shakespeare is best when they go more extreme, more kind of, uh, theatrical or you know dramatic dramatics you know they play up with the, with the dramatics uh think of uh, uh kenneth brana right we when we were reviewing uh come on come our uh, belfast uh, my my critique on that movie is that brana uh kenneth brana is not a nuanced director and that's because he's he's based on shakespeare he is more kind of uh you know exaggerated when it comes to his directing and his acting. And I think that's what the acting needed here. It's just needed to be more kind of wild and more kind of, well, uh, we get that from Catherine Hunter. Catherine Hunter is the best thing. I mean, she plays the witches. Uh, she plays actually the, the three witches and the old man in this movie. I don't know if you got, you got to that part where she's playing. an old. No, man. I didn't. <laughs> but but I, I just know like once she disappeared and you focused on Denzel, that's when the movie falls apart. <laughs> well, uh, well, Denzel and Francis McDormand. I mean, the, 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 they were supposed well, she to be was barely in it. Well, well I, I only saw the first like, half. <laughs> she was like barely in it. Well, they're supposed to be like this really powerful couple. And I just, I don't, I don't think they have chemistry in this movie. I think they, they were good. 
they were professional. No, they don't at all. They were professional, but they just didn't have. You didn't. I didn't buy that. The the Denzel. I don't think anybody had chemistry in this movie, man. They all. That's part. Of, I couldn't even really get engaged in this film because nobody felt like they were like in the same movie. Everyone was just like doing their own thing. And it's crazy because, like, the moment we see Denzel in this thing, I was like, this looks like it's going to be Denzel's best performance since mm-hmm. training day. But as it went on and on, I'm like, Denzel is just, like, doing, like, he's completely lost. Mm-hmm. He's, like, in his own movie. He's, like, no, I, 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 I ended up, like, hating, like, Denzel, and I just couldn't even, I couldn't get past, like, another minute of this thing. I would say Denzel's <laughs> performance is very low-key. He's playing a older Macbeth. Usually the Macbeth character is playing by someone their younger age he's playing someone you know his age and he's playing more kind of a tired man someone who's more uh b- b- battle scarred and a lot of his dialogue is him just being tired you know so it it works in that sense but you don't get um you know the idea is that his ambition is the thing that destroys him he the, this he gets uh he wants to be the king and he has this kind of blind mm-hmm. ambition and it doesn't come off uh you know, in a way that you you felt like the there's drama or there's stakes at it. You know, he's just kind of walking through this performance. I would say the the the, the cinematographer, which I said it's probably the best thing about it. The 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 set and the design, and it has this kind of German expression uh, thing. It, it really feels like uh, what Orson Welles did with his Macbeth. The kind of the same look. There's a great kind of look to this movie. I it's black and white. I think it's one of the best looking movies of the year, but unfortunately it's also probably my biggest disappointment. I just wish it was a little bit better. It's just visuals. It's just a visual movie. And uh, And I I think you can say that about a lot of the indie films we got this year, which is so sad. Like I think this year um, we also got uh, uh, Wes Anderson's worst film, the French dispatch, which Mm -hmm. is a movie you watch it. It's like the only, it's like, you're just seeing like uh, him basically, um, like just be his most self-indulgent film to date, if you can imagine. <laughs> and like, and like, I feel that this is probably like the most self-indulgent thing. The Cohen, well, even though it's just one Cohen, uh, it, it's the most self-indulgent. It's the worst Cohen, and I love the usually love everything the Cohens do, but this I couldn't get through it. <laughs> and then, and look, I and I do want to say, like, I I get where you're coming from, like the German expressionistic look of this film. Like, you do get like this Ingmar Bergman vibe. Mm. You, it reminded me like the the film uh, kind of Wings of Desire. And you also get like this, like a little bit of a kind of French new wave. And you really, uh, I, I thought of eight and a half a lot while watching the movie, mm-hmm. but it didn't have any of like the soul of those films. It was like so soulless. It was just like all visual. And like all those classic movies were like this movie. So I don't even think they would be, they would be classics. People would hate them mm-hmm. because this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only saw the first half. Now, let me say, let me say and this. I'm glad I totally watched well, the first let me say this. because let you're me... making it sound like a horrible movie. <laughs> well, I, I think, look, it's a it's a pretty quick movie. I think, you know, like I try to watch Green Knight. I think that's a more endurance test than this. This is kind of quickly. I don't, I, I strongly disagree. <laughs> I, I still haven't finished the Green Knight because I'm stopping at every 20 minutes because I'm falling asleep with that movie. But look. Let me let me ask you. Well, this. I will say this. I will let me say this. The tragedy of Macbeth did not put me to sleep. I just decided I'm done. Right. <laughs> let me ask you this: Does Joel Cohen need needs his brother Ethan? I don't know. It's tough to say because it's a it's it's well it's good direction. Well, it's a good direction because the actors. I'm so mixed on the performances from the actors. That's what I'm saying. Is Ethan the guy who kind of brings the heart to the actors? He was able. To, is he the one who pulls the? I need the, to, the I need one more picture. <laughs> 
I need one more picture. It's I can't tell with this one. I need one more movie to know. Because I think I think Joel definitely has a visional of a visionary kind of look and, and style. He, he that's what he brings to this mm-hmm. film. But is Ethan the guy who kind of is able to bring the 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 spirit of the characters with and he's is he the one who talks to the actors and able to you know kind of direct a performance well they they both they they both they both do but i I don't i don't know Mm -hmm. it might be it might be it it might they might need that collaboration they need to work off one another but I think it's way too it's way too unfair to judge judge it as on one film. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's yeah. a judgment on the film. It's just I'm just saying that oh, okay. Joe, as this is his rare kind of solo effort, is he kind of maybe that's what's missing in here. He needs like a collaborator to work with, someone who's able to. Have- maybe it would have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say it's a. I think it's a. It's an okay uh, Shakespeare movie. I think the visuals puts it to a, an upper kind of. I, look, it's not a must see. Wouldn't, wouldn't you just prefer to watch an Ingmar Bergman film or something like that? Or you were just saying like uh, watching um, Orson Welles and Macbeth. Wouldn't you rather just watch that? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing about when you're dealing with Macbeth, you have you you're constantly compared with the other kind of Macbeth versions. And mm-hmm. I I really love the kind of the I, I love what Orson Welles does with his all his Shakespeare movies, but uh, I think Denzel because Denzel Washington I I do look I'll say this about Denzel Washington's performance he does have a laid back style that I thought I would not like but I, I it was f- fine I just wanted some moments where something there's something that happens in this movie that you're you're supposed to feel this emotional weight to to his performance and he didn't get it because he has this kind of laid back uh thing and every actor who plays Macbeth have a different style and it, it just but i think for whatever reason the it just does not work in this or i didn't feel compelled to it i, didn't, I was not drawn to the yeah, to the characters because you're of right it's it's not it's probably not denzel's fault it's probably more the uh, the cohen the cohen brothers fault um i i blame a lot of the performances on 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 the direction but I, w- I would say this. I was enamored by the visuals and the sets and the way, because this seems like it was shot on, it definitely was shot on on a, on a set, maybe on a green screen. I wanted to know kind of the techno aspects of it because I think that the, the visuals here are, are superb. I think they did a really good job with the visual effects because certain, certain things were added or added to the background, digital backgrounds. It was, a uh, yeah, so I, look, I, there's good things I liked about it, but the uh, ho- unfortunately the acting was too drab, I guess. So I would I would grade it as a C plus. It's a recommendation. It's currently playing on uh, Apple TV plus. Yeah, that's, uh, I'll give you a slight recommendation. All right, that was this episode of Insight Flicks. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to hear uh, our past episodes, you could go to InsightFlicks.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. So just go on YouTube and search Insight Flicks. Thank you for listening. All right, goodbye. <laughs>